Changing the story around pain. This is the Modern Pain Podcast, helping to improve the understanding and treatment of pain across the world through education, advice from experts in the field, personal stories from those living well with pain, and more. A modern approach to pain treatment, management, and education, while helping to bring the patient voice back to healthcare. This is the Modern Pain Podcast. Here's your host, Dr. Mark Cardula. What is going on, everybody? It is Mark Cardula, lead faculty and CEO here at Modern Pain Care, where we make you the complete clinician. Coming at you this week with the episode of the Modern Pain Podcast that's been stimulated by uh, some discussions we've been having. We've been talking to some clinicians on the phone who've been having some difficulties and struggles in their practice, which we all do. I definitely have had my share myself. But uh, <clears throat> basically, the way I would look at it, it's kind of like this existential crisis as somebody who may consider themselves uh, previously as like a manual therapist. And again, it's not a bad thing to, to, to do. I don't think there's benefit of, of tight casting yourself to be that personally, but we can talk about that and we will in this podcast. But the struggle that, I, you know, people were, were coming to me with is like, yeah, God, I don't really understand that. Really, I'm questioning everything I'm doing with my hands. Is it even, should I be even laying my hands on people? Um, I've, we had a... Uh, physio from Germany who, you know, feels like a lot of what he sees is just people getting things laying on beds and, and just doing manual therapy strictly as the primary part of treatment. Um, and really didn't feel like that was something that should be done. And, you know, really going away from manual therapy feels like it should be something that, you know, minimally, if at all is done. So we're going to probably bring again, as we search to most episodes, bring a little nuance into that discussion. Um, and as we get into the discussion, let's bring in our partner here, Jared Hall. How are you doing there, Jared? Man, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm uh, you can't see it right now, but I'm sitting in a very crowded room, just stacked to the ceiling with moving boxes. Because as we were talking about before, uh, before we came on live, uh, I have about T minus two weeks until I finally move into my house. So we've started the packing process, and it's you know it's kind of it's kind of interesting. It's kind of weird just you know, living in a, a a construction zone. It feels like right now. Yes. The, the moving process, I don't think you haven't had to do that in a long time. So, I mean, I remember for, there was a few years when we were kind of in the midst of renting and then finding, you know, a place to, to plant our roots that was, but yeah, I'm not a fan of moving. So kudos to you. And, uh, but it soon will be over. I think you got a few more weeks here and then you'll, you'll be planting the roots in the, 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 the hall ranch. You'll have a nice office podcast studio. I mean, it's, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to, to seeing the, the tech game get upgraded. Not that you're in a bad situation right now, of course, but it sounds like things are going to be a little bit next level for you. So looking forward to that. Now you've, I know navigated these similar discussions too, of like this existential crisis. And I've seen it in, uh, you know, DPT student groups and other kind of groups of young uh, clinicians where I think there gets to be just like, I don't want to say a hatred, because uh, that's probably a little bit too strong of a word, but a, a bitterness, let's just say, towards towards manual therapy. And I think rightfully so. Like we've had folks like Adam Meekins, um, who's gone out there and, and not really pulled any punches. He's gone right after manual therapy saying, hey, you know, not nearly as special as it needs to be. You know, manual therapy sucks, of course, has been his credo uh, with um, some of his criticisms. And I think it's been helpful. I've actually been very appreciative of like the discussion. It's at least opened up. Do I always agree with the the mode of discussion? No, but you know, I'm, that that's cool. I, I, but it, the, the the traditional guru laden manual therapy that often gets, and we we recently talked in a podcast about the arthrokinematics and joint mobilization. So you, you can see there's some issues as far as our updating of theories and what we're doing. Um, but 
you know, this, the, the bitterness to the point where some folks are just like, I don't think we should do it at all. I don't think we should be even like, you know, doing manual therapy. I think people should be off tables. We should, you know, be, uh, and I've had a few people to that extent. And then, and I think it probably is functioning on a lot of frustrations for what they were seeing. Uh, our, our colleague in Germany who um, emailed or no, actually messaged me on Instagram was talking about this. Um, I think we hit a point of frustration with manual therapy. Have you hit a, a point of frustration with manual therapy, Jared Hall? Yes, I have. Um, <clears throat> I've gone through, I guess, what you call the swinging pendulum, uh, where when I came out of school, I mean, every single person that walked through the door got manual therapy. That was the expectation, um, you know, anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes uh, of manual therapy in a, you know, 45 to 60 minute session. Um, you know, lots of focus on changing tissues, lots of focus on, uh, you know, trigger points and, and you know, arthrokinematics and all that sort of stuff that we discussed previously. Um to the point of having the existential crisis of, wow, the, the, the underlying principles and philosophies that I was taught for all of these techniques doesn't seem to hold a lot of water. Uh, I'm just going to throw all this crap out the window. Manual therapy doesn't do anything. Manual therapy is a waste of my time. It's a waste of my patient's time. Uh, we need to be up, moving, and active 100% of the time to now swinging it back a little bit, saying that both of those positions that I was in previously were probably less than ideal and saying now, well, you know what? There is a place for putting your hands on people. And especially if you explore that person's story and they have uh, previous positive experiences with and expectations of some sort of uh, physical touch and contact and, and uh, manual intervention um, in, in scenarios where, of course, a person maybe can't actively do a motion themselves. So you're, you're passively taking them through a motion either due to, uh, you know, protecting tissue, healing, health, um, you know, postoperatively, uh, you know, if, if they have had some sort of injury that doesn't allow them to get into a certain position and maybe you're trying to prevent loss of that joint range of motion or that, you know, uh, tissue, pr uh, maintain tissue extensibility into that area, et cetera, et cetera, right? There's times and places where, um, pain modulation might be a highly valuable thing to that person that you're interacting with. And if you can do that through manual therapy, that, and that might be the best way for you to do that at that particular time in their particular uh, course of care. You know, I, I don't do manual therapy tons these days, but I really try to explore when I should need to do manual therapy. And, and oftentimes that's, that's guided by, uh, previous patient experience and their their personal expectations and uh, their perception on what should be occurring within uh, the walls of a physical therapy clinic and uh, but it, it's it's encased with a lot of education and it's encased with a lot of other active strategies and that sort of thing as well. So I think that you know that existential crisis is probably something that just about every every person goes through if they have been taught in the traditional way that you and I were taught. And it's something that can be really, really uncomfortable. And more often than not, I see people just throwing up their hands and saying, well, screw this stuff. I should never do it again. And I, I think that it's important for us to maybe help people navigate that crisis a little bit more quickly and less stressfully than it was for, for you and I. 
So you're doing something crazy. You're actually letting the patient have a say in what is done to them in your treatment room. Is this, am I hearing you correctly? Yes. Oh, yes. Good God. And, I mean, how dare you sacrifice the knowledge that you have gained and you're just letting patients make decisions for you. You're just meeting expectations all day long. You're not even doing anything skilled. I mean, that is the ridiculous argument that often straw man situations that get chucked back at us as far as like, oh, you're saying just put your hands on and, and just create a manual therapy spa. No, but I will respect the unique human and the struggles they're in right now. And if they've had a positive response to it and feel like it might help them bump them on a what am I going to spin some tales of malalignments and stuck tissues and, you know, some other ridiculous non-science based way of conceptualizing what they're going through and, and treating them like some broken, frail, uh, you know, piece of machinery. No, I won't do that. But I do think it's also ridiculous to say, I'm never going to put my hands on a patient again. I, to me is like you, you're devoiding, you're divorcing yourself from the reality of the culture you function in and the humans that you function around it by, by just saying, I'm going to throw that, sh that stuff away, shit away. I just swore. I just felt like I needed to, but anyway, it, it to me, it's, it's, it, it, are you making it about you and your, your struggles, which we've all had, trust me, I was ready to quit because I could not convince myself of ridiculous 18 ways to, to name a sacral dysfunction, which whatever the hell that is anyway. Um, and, and all this positional malignment garba that doesn't have any founding in any reliable way of determining, you know, helping somebody in pain. Now, the story around it and the ritual around it has a very powerful pain modulating experience devoid of any real mechanism of, of true scientific biomechanical, uh, you know, validity in some of that stuff. But that's hard to swallow because if you've spent and you've sunk the cost of, of learning this stuff and and it's it's what you've, def you've defined yourself. To, hence why I don't think it's ever healthy to say, say I am a manual therapist to me. I would never, you don't want a surgeon to say I'm a fuser, although maybe some people <laughs> do, but um, that would say to me, it's like freaking red alert bias, man. I'm not going, this dude's never going to want it. It's like nail hammer syndrome. All you're seeing is nails. To me, humans are too unique, too complex to, to respond to any intervention. And you're going to leave a lot of positive responses out there if you tunnel vision your way to do something for everybody or to do it never to anybody. I think you're, you're in equal parts, you know, faulty reasoning, faulty thinking that's involved in that situation. You know, there's a lot to put in your hands on people and it, ritualistically, if you read any of uh, uh, Benedetti's work on the doctor patient relationship, you can see how, you know, cultures have ascribed meaning to touch and what it means to them and how that ritual can really be a powerful part of what the meaning response that Daniel Mormon, as far as they ascribe meaning to what's going on. And if that meaning of laying hands means that this is a healing situation, then it's probably has a great chance. And especially if you're a good therapist, who's got, who lacks equipoise, as far as you have a biased belief that what you're doing is going to help. That's been shown by Chad Cook and others that that can really positively affect outcomes. But to kind of bring it back, uh, you know, this crisis doesn't have to, to be there. I think obviously social media, we want to put it out there that it's all or none. And to me, that's ridiculous. That's not how humans work. And that's clinician-centered practice. That's not patient-centered practice. That's not person-centered practice. That's what, you know, us, you know, and I get so frustrated with like, how many times do we have to roll through the same old conferences year after year and just stroke confirmation biases about what we're doing? I purposely don't go to a lot of the use. I used to like, if it was manual therapy in the conference, I was going back in the day and I haven't gone to a manual therapy conference. Not that I have, I, I have colleagues who go to them every year and that's fine. And I think they have a very 
you know, reasoned and, and are in the middle and understand that, Hey, I'm probably going to get a dose of confirmation bias here, but expose yourself to something else besides manual therapy too. So I can understand why people, when they encounter that in the profession and on social media, like, man, I should just throw this stuff away. Cause it is frustrating to see clinicians who still haven't moved past traditional ways of looking at manual therapy and that it is the end all be all. And I would agree with Jared. I've had people laying on beds for the vast majority of treatments and thinking I was doing the best and patients loved it. You know, it doesn't mean I'm not doing the best for them. Do they live their life? Valued activities happen on beds? Probably not. So can you get them off of there and get them um, moving well? I think that's probably the more valued, valuable treatment in the long run for people. But that was a little bit of a soapbox. Um, any other thoughts, Jared, as far as like, yeah, I'm trying to you know, think of ways to post because it's the social media doesn't give the nuance. And we've already, we talk about this every week about how, if you're a young physio trying to learn about what to do and not do via social media, it's a tough, it's a tough slog because there's a lot of opinions and often opinions that generate clicks and likes are the ones that are very polarizing that often don't find any middle ground. Um, I'm just wondering what your thoughts are on on uh, physios that are, are finding this existential crisis, whether they're seasoned clinicians or early career clinicians or maybe even students in school. What would you say to them who uh, you know are trying to, and we've talked a little bit of it already, but any other thoughts you'd have for them? Yeah, I would just say, you know, if you're, if you do find yourself going through this existential crisis, there's going to be the strong tendency to, to swing your pendulum too far. I would, I would urge against that. I would, I would recommend that, you know, you do think critically about things and, and be skeptical and do always try to be doing the best thing for that patient and, you know, do try to implement, you know, uh, what the research is telling us, but the, you can't forget that the research is telling us that a, a truly important component of a patient's care plan is the relationship they have with you, the, the meeting of their expectations. There is placebo effect in everything that we do. There's meaning response in everything that we do from manual therapy to exercise, to modalities, to the interaction between each other, to the uh, interaction with our front office staff and our, our technicians and to the, the, the setting, the clinical environment that you're in, you know, what Corey Blick and staff would call our contextual architecture. Um, all of that stuff, there, there, there's evidence for that, too, that that plays a role. So if you're going to sit here and say, well, I don't want to do anything that has placebo effect, well, then you can le literally never interact with another person again <laughs> because your interaction, your explanation, your education, your setting, your demeanor, your personality, your theatrics, your, you know, the person's expectations of what they're doing, that all has meaning response. You cannot separate any treatment that you do from the context and the scenario with wit within which it exists. So uh, recognize that you might be getting a little bit heavy handed on manual therapy, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> if, if you try to swing that pendulum so far of never touching another, another patient, um, so while that existential crisis is really uncomfortable and it, it's not fun and that that's actually it's good because that is what, uh, you know, cognitive dissonance feels like when you go headfirst into it. And it, it's if you feel that 
you're actually going the right direction, right? Mm-hmm. If you're go- if you're not feeling that at all ever in your practice, it probably means you're not going the right direction, and you just got confirmation bias going on max. Um, so embrace that embrace that discomfort that, that you're feeling and kind of, you know, wrestle with it. And, and you're going to find your sweet spot. Uh, as long as you stay reasonable, you don't let yourself get uh, burnout or overly emotional about that fact. And you don't cling to anything, any one thought too tightly, right? Never cling to a thought so tightly that it would destroy you if you let it go. Right. Because we're going to constantly be learning new things and, and, and finding uh, nuance and, and more specifics as we go through time. Right. It's, that's just what's called um, fancy word for the day, the pessimistic meta induction of facts. Right. We know that over time, what we thought to be correct at a certain point in time gradually gets shown to be less correct than we thought it was. And new facts are generated that, that replace previous facts that we had. Yeah. Find discussions with people who show the nuance. I mean, it's hard, like I said, to find on social media. Jared and I are happy to have conversations with you. And we have conversations with clinicians over this regularly because that's in our coaching and mentorship programs. It's a common issue um, because, you know, you read out there and it's uh, um, something I'll, I'll put up. Uh, Jared Powell uh, did a great podcast with Adam Meekins and Chad Cook. And I thought both sides actually agreed a lot more than they probably disagreed with shockingly, um, you know, some because, again, I think a lot of times you know, what it fits in 140 characters doesn't always, you know, bring out the nuance of the conversation. I thought it was a great uh, discussion on that. So find those type of discussions, because again, if we make it all about railing on things on social media, then patients are just sitting on the sidelines like, you know, well, uh, nobody's listening to what I've experienced or, or like, and that's where definitely good to have that knowledge and understand that there is that, that challenge on some of the traditional things. I think, you can come out of manual therapy and not feel guilty if you lay your hands on somebody. I think I've heard students like feel like almost like in young clinicians, like they feel like they're, they got to do it in secret and can't show it on social media that they're actually touching a patient because man, I'm going to get the freaking fangs. What are you doing? Or they're going to have this perception. I mean, to me, that's a sad thing, man. When you, when, and I'm almost at times, like if I wanted to put a little Instagram post or anything about like helpful, like manual therapy techniques for certain conditions, it's almost like, God, what am I going to get back? And, and, and as you see, I haven't posted a ton of them because I'm not really interested in, in having uh, the troll situation go out, come at me. But yeah. And again, you know, find some nuanced conversations, find ways to understand the human in front of you and have discussions to see where manual therapy may or not may or, or may not fit. If there's patients that have spent their career of being under the hands of a manual therapist and they're still not in life, then there needs to be a way you're not having you have a discussion that maybe moves them in a different intervention and, and don't take the the role of, well, I'm, they just haven't this, I'm the 16th person, but I'm the first person out of that other 15. That's got the magic and the ju- the Jedi hands. That's going to fix this person. I used to actually, unfortunately take that position when I thought my hands were really, really amazing and could, could do amazing things and they can do amazing things, but it has little to do with the Jedi minutia that were taught in like millimeters and facet wiggles that are you know, highly necessary to be specifically assessed and, and treated very high, find patient symptoms and nudge on them passively and see if you can nudge on them passively in a way that 
is very much in line with their expectations and their level of sensitivity and some of the uh, sensitization kind of communication the, the tissues have back to you when you start nudging on sensitive areas. Don't get caught up of it. And, and I agree with Jared. Manual therapy has definitely become much less of what I do in the clinic. It still is something I do regularly, but um, people, and I have this discussion with patients regularly. Do you, you know, if you want to play with your grandkids, is that happening with you laying on a bed or is that happening with you on your feet? And most patients understand that, but um, not always as easy of a discussion with that, but that's why we help have these discussions with patients. And before I, we pass today, if you're interested in having those discussions with us, or you'd want like a little bit of like navigation of this existential crisis that you're, um, that Jared and I both have navigated and, and finding that middle where pendulums aren't swinging too far, don't hesitate to reach out modernpaincare.com forward slash supercharged. You can uh, book a call with, we, we can see if we can help you through some of these crises. Um, we also uh, coach and mentor folks. So if that's something you're interested, we could see if that's a good fit for you as well. But at least we'll, you can have a discussion and, and realize there might be a middle ground in a discussion and not just feeling like you're um, following the latest social media pendulum that gets swung out there. So any parting thoughts you'd have for folks? We're right at 20 minutes. So we're, we're right at our, our podcast uh, 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 goal. So what do you think, Jared? Man, you know, uh, the only real thoughts I have right now is that just to remind people, if you do go through that existential crisis, which A, I hope you do, uh, <laughs> because I think it, it makes you come out stronger on the other side. Um, recognize that that's normal. And there are a lot of other people going through that crisis as well. And it's <clears throat> it's really almost like a rite of passage, I guess, with the environment that we live in right now and the way that stuff has been taught and the way that stuff is beginning to be taught. Uh, so there's probably going to be another couple, you know, decade or so of people having to really navigate this. And then the existential crisis will just become something new and something different in the future. That's that is uh, a process that we all go through. So recognize that you're normal. Uh, and that it's okay, that you will get through it, that you will uh, be in a good spot when you come out the other side, that it's going to make you a better critical thinker. It's going to make you uh, a more reflective person. It's going to make you a more humble person uh, and clinician. And, uh, you know, I think that as uncomfortable as it is, it's um, it's positive. So maybe view it that way rather than view it uh, in the way that it's uh, something really negative for your profession. And you, uh, while you were talking, I was thinking about, uh, I'm going to make a couple of videos uh, here in the next week or two, uh, demonstrating some of the manual therapy that I do on a semi-regular basis in clinic. So uh, I'm going to post that out there and see what kind of vitriol I get. Oh, you're a, you're a, you're a brave man, my friend. No, I, I actually need to start doing the same thing. I think, you know, everybody said, well, you know, show me what you're doing. I don't, you know, you talk about it a lot, but uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We can put a, push out some videos and uh, I'll be interested to see the dialogue that comes back. As Jared alluded to, too, don't anchor yourself to anything as the fact the the truth of because it's going to change over time. And if you ever dig in your trenches and and declare yourself, you know, saddled and anchored to one fact, you're going to be destined for frustration and cognitive dissonance and a lot of existential crisis because you've identified yourself too deeply with any supposed fact that you thought was just the truth of the situation. I think being a flexible, critical thinker is what's going to allow you to, to navigate these existential crises as well. It's going to allow you to, to not feel like you want to quit, and then it's going to help you help more patients, most importantly. So with that said, uh, keep a lookout on social media for some 
for some fine videos that you'll see from Jared and myself. And until next time, we will talk to you probably next week. This has been another episode of the Modern Pain Podcast with Dr. Mark Karchula. Join us next time as we continue our journey to help change the story around pain. For more information on the show, visit modernpaincare.com. Also, visit the Pain Masterminds Network on Facebook for free education and resources. This podcast is for educational and informational purposes only. It is not a substitute for medical advice or treatment. Please consult a licensed professional for your specific medical needs. Changing the story around pain. This is the Modern Pain Podcast.